Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning, 830 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keene. We are in Washington, D.C. today, Super Wednesday, our follow-up to the Super Tuesday voting. Good morning to everyone here listening on 99.1 FM in the Washington and Baltimore areas. Uh, the focus uh, in the political world is on the Super Tuesday primaries. On Wall Street, it is on the economic data. And we have some new numbers out this morning, our economic indicators. Brought to you by Commonwealth Financial Network. When it's time to change the conversation, talk with a broker-dealer, RIA, that's ready to listen. Call 866-462-3638 or visit Commonwealth.com to learn more. Number of the morning, ADP, out 15 minutes ago. Uh, they found, according to their calculations, 214,000 more private sector jobs were added in the month of February. That is more than the 190,000 forecast by economists and more than the 193,000 revised estimate for January. So good news on the employment front, if you believe ADP is a measure of anything, and economists are divided about that. But it is another strong number, along with uh, the, the better number, not strong, but better number from ISM yesterday. Dean Mackey is a chief in, uh, chief economist for Point Seventy Two Asset Management. He, he joins us now. Dean, uh, if it were not for the heart attack that the stock market had at the first of the year, would the Fed be raising rates at the March meeting? I think it's pretty clear that if you only looked at the economic data and not at the markets, uh, the Fed would be raising rates in March. Uh, the job growth has, you know, sowed a bit in the payroll numbers, but it kind of had to after 280 plus thousand in the fourth quarter on average. Uh, but nothing worrisome. Jobless claims look fine, and uh, the ISM looks to have bottomed out and, and, and seems to be picking up some steam. So there's nothing in the economic data. And, and further, inflation, core inflation, has picked up as well. So if, if the Fed were not paying attention to markets, they, they certainly would be raising rates, in my view. Well, do they need, how much attention do they need to pay to markets, um, especially since we've seen markets sort of rebound over the next, last few days? I, I think that the, the risk, there's a risk that the Fed pays too much attention to market volatility and, and, you know, responds too quickly when, when markets run into difficulty. Um, now the Fed would say they, they need to do that because that market volatility could affect economic growth. I, I myself am a little skeptical that the kind of volatility we've seen is really going to cause a severe slowdown in the economy. Where are we on calculating exports and imports into what our central bank will do? Are we using a purely domestic prism, or do they have to worry about trade and, for that matter, inventory adjustments? I think they do do need to to worry about all of that. Uh, but the way I look at the U.S. right now, Consumer spending looks to be on a solid growth track. Uh, it looks like it's going to be 3% or, or possibly even better in the first quarter. And as long as you have that, you know, trade can be a drag, inventories can be somewhat of a drag, and you still get 2 to 2.5% growth. Um, that's more than enough to keep pushing the unemployment rate down to keep job growth solid. Um, so 
with consumer spending on, on that kind of a track, it's it's very difficult for the, yeah. the economy to fall below below its potential growth rate. What are the ramifications if the Fed pauses, if they're under the kind of pressure that Mike and I see in our mail from people that say Dean Mackey's out of his mind, they shouldn't raise rates. What What is the price if they pause? Well, I think the, the one reason they they will pause is the price is lower than it than it is at certain points in the cycle. So while inflation has risen, it is below target still, and the Fed doesn't mind if it goes somewhat above target uh, as long as it's you know under control. So I don't think there's a huge cost to the Fed of of waiting. I, I think the the risk really is down the road as if the unemployment rate keeps falling in the way that I think it will. Uh, at some point, the Fed is probably going to have to tighten more aggressively than they than they expect. But and the the more they pause and the longer they wait, the the more likely that outcome becomes. When is down the road, though, because the markets seem to be discounting that well into the future. Yeah, I would say, you know, I think the unemployment rate is going to be close to four percent by the end of the year. And the, you know, w- with that kind of backdrop, if wage growth continues to pick up as, as I expect it will, and core inflation continues to drift higher, the Fed's going to be increasingly uncomfortable having rates close to zero. And so this is probably a story for 2017, 2017 rather than this year where, where the Fed has to pick up the pace. Uh, but the longer they wait, right. the, the, the more likely that becomes. Well, quickly, if we get a 3.9 print, and when you sort in a new terminal value, a more dampened animal spirit, what rate would the Fed use as their target? It's not the rate of 2006, is it? You mean in terms of the term, the, the long-run the terminal neutral rate. funds rate? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the Fed's estimate is 3.5%. I, I think that's... That's reasonable. Um, okay. They won't necessarily go there quickly, but I, I think that is a, a reasonable place to expect them to go over time. Dean Mackey, thank you so much with point seven two, uh, with a, a beginning of an update. Mike, three and a half percent just seems miles away, distant. Well, at the rate we've been going, it won't be that distant that quickly. Uh, whether you get to four percent by the end of the year or not, that may be a little aggressive, but it's certainly moving in that direction. And he's not the only one that's saying the Fed may have to yeah. move faster. Yeah, absolutely. Dean Mackey with point seven two, of course, really beginning with all the distractions of Washington. Three days of coverage of the American Jobs Report with the ADP numbers uh, today. Bill Gross scheduled to join us on Friday. Some other good guests. Uh, as well to give you perspective to go beneath the headline data on the American labor economy. Futures at negative 6, Dow futures negative 47. Now it's time to hear from Michael Barr with the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Donald Trump says he is expanding the Republican Party, even as many of its leaders have distanced themselves from him. Trump won in seven states during Super Tuesday. Ted Cruz won in three states, while Marco Rubio chalked up his first victory of the campaign in Minnesota. The magic number to win the Republican presidential nomination is 1,237. Right now, Trump has 274 delegates, or 285, I should say. Cruz has 149, and Rubio at 82. Democrat Hillary Clinton, who won seven states last night, tried to turn Donald Trump's Make America Great Again slogan on its head. 
Clinton told supporters the country instead must be made whole again. Bernie Sanders picked up victories in four states, including his home state of Vermont. For the Democrats, Clinton has at least 1,005 delegates. Sanders has 373. It will take at least 2,883 delegates to win the Democratic presidential nomination. Vice President Joe Biden, during a Black History Month reception in Washington last night, had some sarcasm for Donald Trump. I think we really are have a chance to move toward a more perfect union incrementally. I really, really do. So I want to thank Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke. The U.S. Geological Survey says a 7.9 earthquake has hit off Sumatra. Indonesian officials say the quake is about 763 miles southwest of Kuala Lumpur. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom. Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update. For that, we bring in John Stashauer. John. All right, Mike, not as if the Yankees didn't know what they were getting when they acquired reliever Aldis Chapman from Cincinnati. The Dodgers backed off a trade after learning of Chapman's involvement in a domestic violence and firearms situation last fall. Baseball has suspended Chapman for 30 games. He can pitch in spring training, then not again until May 9th. He'll forfeit $1.8 million in salary. Chapman said in a statement that while he never harmed his girlfriend, he should have used better judgment. Things going from bad to worse for the Knicks. Fans at the Garden booed early and often. A 104-85 loss to Portland. One courtside fan was getting on Carmelo Anthony, who then offered the fans some advice. The one is right there. Ask for your money back. <laughs> I mean, at, at that point, you know, he, he called me to tell me that he's never coming to another game. And he's fucking, I mean, you just don't you just don't want to hear that. So. I, I pointed to the owner and told him, look, you deal with that with him. Maybe you can get your money back. The Knicks have lost 15 of 18. Second game in as many nights at the Staples Center for the Nets. After losing to the Clippers, they came back. Lost to the Lakers, who had been on an eight-game losing streak, 107-101. Kobe Bryant didn't play, but rookie D'Angelo Russell did and scored 39 points. Islanders on a Thomas Hickey goal midway through the third period, won 3-2 at Vancouver. All three goals actually went in off Vancouver players. Late goal by Carolina, and then another, the Hurricanes beat the Devils. Three to one with the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update. I'm John Stashhammer. John, thanks so much. Greatly appreciate that. Uh, good morning, 99.1 FM uh, here in Washington. Bloomberg 1200 Boston. Bloomberg 1130 New York. See you tomorrow. We'll t- uh, move back up the coast tonight and be with you very much tomorrow morning. You make to it continue. sound like we're a storm. Unless <laughs> it's a storm. We're moving up the coast. We're moving up the coast. It's Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by the New York Chamber of Commerce. Mining agriculture opportunities abound in Nigeria. Learn about protective investments in Africa's most active markets. Thursday, March 3rd, breakfast at 8 a.m., 20 West 44th Street. Breakfast is free.